do you feel that the people with access or maybe lock away that access to other people like it's a like you were saying before how it's a closed off system yeah yeah welcome back to entranced a podcast dedicated to east africa's cultural insurgents last time jose spoke on the dire state of things currently crippling uganda's music industry but after speaking with levy a much brighter picture of the East African cultural scene emerged, one where creative excellence sits just beneath the surface. He draws a through line between the golden era of East African music, when artists reinvented the traditional folk music of the region, to now, where comparably progressive artists are beginning to enjoy the benefits of standing out, despite still being the minority. Levy is a producer who has been quietly crafting many of the hits that have defined the region over the last 12 years. Now, he likes to spend his time even further behind the scenes, helping artists develop a sound and style that can exist beyond Ugandan club culture. His unique position behind the boards has granted him access to the more overlooked work coming out of East Africa. In that time, what could you say of the quality of music that um, you've witnessed in Uganda? I think my ear is quite different from the ordinary Ugandan, because I was I was exposed to music at a very, very early age. Right. And not just foreign music, but music from from everywhere. I mean, even Ugandan music. <laughs> it's funny how um, we started at a high place and then in the middle, the quality of music, probably mixing and mastering, pro- sort of deviated from proper normal standard. But now still we've gone back to the beginning where we were uh, a bunch of people now are trying to make songs properly yeah uh, even in the process of production as well but ugandan throwback if you look at people like a frigo band people who we consider the old school and philly and them they had great quality music like not just the music itself but the quality as well was 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 insane would you say that the quality is underrated in terms of the music that's coming out right now yeah it's kind of changed right now from more analog because you know back in the day people using more analog back then you would need a whole big setup but now someone just needs their computer in the back of the room and they'll produce a monster track and send it off probably for someone to make it better right it's the process which is easier now compared to back in the day but in uganda we had the cover where great music was done but most of it was actually not produced from there though the instrumentalists were all ugandan but right those people had access to sweden sweden studios they would go to to probably europe or something wow. record an album and then come back this is in the 90s i didn't know that Yes, uh, you'd find that Africa Band has music which is recorded and 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 mixed and mastered in Sweden or even Philly as well. Uh, proper those proper Ugandan artists that probably have made it through the commercial scene. And culture-wise, our music, you know, our music had only one instrument. Probably a guy would tell you a story, like a guitar, and yeah. that's and that's falls in the music. So that sort of music, the proper local Ugandan music, authenticity that the normal day Ugandan would listen to in that time was basically recorded on one channel. Like a person would plug a guitar in <laughs> as long as they could hear the guitar and the microphone plugged into the mixer. That was it. Basically, that was it. So if you hear that music now, you'd even tell that there was actually only one instrument and it was all recorded at the same time. If they made a mistake, they had to do the whole thing again. Wow. 
That sounds old school. Very old school. I'm telling you. Yeah. Now, if you mean old school, old school, those guys had LPs here in Uganda. It wow. was quite different, bro. Oh. <laughs> it was quite different, yeah. <laughs> Analog recording with mixing and mastering at an international standard and vinyl releases are the signs of an industry that could be taken seriously. After Levy's history lesson and some additional research, I was surprised to learn of a vinyl pressing plant that was started in Nairobi at the end of World War II. The plant and the subsequent studios and independent labels that used it became the basis of the region's musical output. The sheer number of releases made Nairobi and by extension East Africa a cultural hub that attracted multinational companies like EMI, Polygram and CBS International. The buzz around the region lasted throughout British colonial rule and well into independence, declining in the 90s where piracy and change in tastes turned the bigger companies away. Gone were the days of live bands and LPs, then came disco and modern Afrofusions. Today, the region is further fragmented and simultaneously entangled in style, sound, regulation and opportunity. And how do you feel that... Um the music, at least at this point now, how it compares to Tanzania, where you've had uh, some experience, or in Kenya, where you might know of what's going on right now. Yes, yes. Big cultural renaissance. So what, is the, what does the East African scene look like to you right now? The industries are getting streamlined now. Like the industry of Dar es Salaam is getting more streamlined to create more avenues where people can actually legitimately make money. Right. You know, they're establishing the music business side of the music industry it's it's quite different how it operates in all the three countries it's not quite complicated that we all share common aspects like a song mm. across from Dar es Salaam to here it's just a snap and right now we listen to diamond platinum songs they play everywhere they play on radio in Uganda radio like he's proper Uganda though on the other side the Tanzanian side they have laws that have established that's they consume almost 90% of their content, which is which is quite different in Uganda. We don't have that yet. Radio stations or TVs have to play 90% of local content. Tanzania has that set up right now that it's very hard for you to see Mick Millie play. Yeah. When you see him play or when you see a Ugandan guy play, they'll play them. But after they play 15 of their local Tanzanians. Oh, right, right. This is in Dar es Salaam, you mean? Yes, okay. but Uganda, we're, we're quite generic. Yeah. We consume everything. We True. consume everything. She came through dressing fake bubbly. Shorty on the dance floor bubbling. She came with a friend, new strategy. Says I can call a friend if he ain't ugly. Uh, ugly, ugly. Told I only keep fly company. Full Full Condition is an annual compilation album presented by Tangaza magazine, showcasing the sonic diversity of rising East African musicians. The song playing now is called Agale by Expresso, a Nairobi-based collective. If you like what you hear, you can listen to the rest of the album at tangazamagazine.com or by searching Full Full Condition on any of the major streaming platforms. I think Uganda is a place that all sorts of music, as long as it's good music, is consumed. So then would you say that not enough good music is being made to be consumed in Uganda? No, not really. There's actually great, a lot of great music being done in Uganda. I think it is 
the problem would be the regulations the setup of the music business side of things yeah you know like protecting content that was being created by actual ugandans right Re- once you have regulation right it's the basic fundamental requirement of of how of how an industry or a business is set up it's like yeah. having a business no business plan because you would not know how it, the business would operate right <laughs> yeah so it's that regulation that is still lacking in Uganda though we have amazing content there's very many talented people here if the way we consume content from elsewhere is the same way we consume Our local own. content yeah. or even more yeah like it's not even by by choice imagine if there was a regulation that told you that you, you only consume or TVs and radio stations and all these other apps that come and open like Spotify like all these you have to give the better deals to the local artists knowing what's going on in Kenya it's um it's following as well in the footsteps of Tanzania then they're pushing for more regulation as well and you could see you could see from investments that are happening in their industries you could see how much money pushed into the industries now i'm curious do you think it's a bit of like a chicken and the egg situation like i see in kenya the interest from like a regulation point of view from an investment point of view is coming after the talent is already there yeah. you have people who are like producing professional level content it's the quality is there it's mixed mastered properly artwork creative direction the whole works then now there's interest for like okay let's set up the right laws the right performing rights organizations all of that stuff Do you think that in Uganda you have to see the same level of an industry standard before it becomes apparent that there's a need for better regulation? And I, I don't mean just like, you know, not one or two people who are like really doing it, but I mean you can see a whole crop of artists who are like doing something next level. Or do you think that comes after the regulation? I'm just curious what you think. What what has to happen first? Right now, if you have regulation the way they should operate in the industry, you're going to create you're going to create that level of content because now you'd have people would have to perform to a particular standard. The song would not play on radio if it is badly mixed. It would not be uploaded on YouTube if it's does not match the quality. It would not go on radio, it would not go on TV. So all those avenues that the song will get out on will not be allowed because there's an industry standard. The, there is no there's no process to it there's no like oh it was went it, it went to a mix engineer it went it went somewhere and then they had a proper listen to it or it went through these channels to properly do quality management and quality control you'd find that individuals here are doing it on their own like in their own company with regulation you would have people interested in it because now there's a proper way that if i put my money here i can actually make it back like this so which means you would have to be pushed to make good content if you have good content then you know it's only unless you have good content good songs is what you're going to push to actually make money which means you're creating a specific level of artist you could actually measure the level of success literally right right and 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 what you're saying is at the moment right now you can't even measure the level of success you you can't really measure that you can here you can't i i doubt i doubt i can i can point at an artist and i'm like well let me just pick an african artist like caspar in your vest he's doing it himself the label is his the family tree thing is his but now it's being done professionally you know you have a whole team yeah and it's run like a proper label but now here you would have to find a distribution of music 
it's not like a company you would go to that creates these little cliques, you know, like lead to gangs. Like if you don't know so-and-so, if you don't know so-and-so, then probably you can't make music. You cannot even make it in the industry. Still, even that, there are those people who would never make it in that world. What other things are holding back the talent right now, as opposed to the regulation? Like, What do you know from their experience is also keeping them away from producing top-level content? We're in Africa, man. It's a third world country. First thing you're going to know is there's a financial problem. I'll give an example. Like if you want to produce a nice song of quality now in Uganda, there's a select number of studios you would have to go to. In those studios is probably where you'd meet you'd meet the people who would produce that particular quality of music that would cross a specific realm. Definitely have to pay money. True, true. Definitely have to pay money. You'd also have to know someone. Like you, you can't even get an intern in these studios yeah. if you don't know anyone. That is limiting particular talents to cross from specific. Because you're not going to have a story of of a guy who made it from scratch. I mean, from the gutters, made yeah. it from the a very bad studio and then oh yeah he made it profoundly you would see the people who have access to these particular resources end up being more successful do you feel that um, the people with access or maybe lock away that access to other people like it's a like you were saying before how it's a closed off system yeah subconsciously if if i don't know you if you're not in my circle then who are you please introduce yourself <laughs> right. i think that is the thing <laughs> i think that's the thing the mentality that because they look they seem to be like their friends for a very long time or you would mm. find that people because we've had that relationship, regardless of if it's business, but or if we've been involved for for quite some time, it's more than just I know that guy. One first off, if you don't know the the production manager or the person who handles the music at the host at the radio station, then there is a problem. If you can't get your music to the club, then there is a problem. If you can't get the DJ to play your song, then there is a problem. So you're not going to ever cross that line if you don't know the DJ. Like what did, what else do you think that these gatekeepers could do differently not just artists but the people who are in positions of some kind of power is there like a a shift in perspective they also need to have you only survive by the team that you have right so if you have a lot of people that you've put on that becomes your team i think we have to mirror other other industries as well take example of a south african industry take example of a nigerian industry like people are actually getting paid and they don't actually have to go and perform anywhere else besides their countries which is kind of crazy like a guy would would have numbers numbers to the level of you're having him in the same conversation as tyler swift and one direction on numbers of filling up a stadium or which concert had more numbers if that is happening in africa we have to mirror those things for context, Levy is referring to the fill-up series that South African rapper Casper Vest has been doing for the last few years. The premise simply is to sell out a stadium of Casper's choice. It's the biggest continuous individually owned hip-hop event series with a single headliner, globally. Having started in 2015 with the Dome in Johannesburg, selling out the stadium with 20,000 tickets, he would double that the following year at Orlando Stadium and triple it the year after at FNB Stadium with 68,000 tickets, without the help of an international act. This is groundbreaking for an African artist and honestly serves as an inspiration for what the rest of Africa could achieve with a collective effort to support our own. This event is the benchmark that I believe should be the scale East African artists are building towards. 
we shouldn't sit and wait for the Jay-Zs of the world to tour Africa's stadiums. We should be supporting the kind of artists that already have such a hold on the masses and seeing to it that we revere our own the same way we revere artists from elsewhere. Like I said, Africa is next. Everything else, every numbers, everything else is going up in Africa. So imagine if, if the Tanzanian market is open for, for a Ugandan artist because he has a song with a Tanzanian artist or South African market for that or Nigerian. More collabs would open up those specific markets for whichever artist is contributing to the song. Now imagine if you have one market of all Africa, man. It's just crazy. So I think it's local. It's more local compared to international that we need. We need more more work done among us ourselves before we get to involve Jay-Z and Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I right, love you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you uh, finding the time. I know that. Anytime, anytime. Thank you for listening to another episode of In Transit. If you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. Check out Tengaza's website for more on all the exciting things coming out of East Africa. Until next time. She nice, ain't no stopping her. Nah, ain't no stopping her. Nah, ain't no stopping her. I got my foot on the gas. Yes, ain't no stopping Full Full Condition is an annual compilation album presented by Tangaza Magazine, showcasing the sonic diversity of rising East African musicians. The song playing now is called The Marathon by Karima John. If you like what you hear, you can listen to the rest of the album at tangazamagazine.com or by searching Full Full Condition on any of the major streaming platforms. This is a GB Mystical production.